1: Serena Carlin disappeared on July 7th, 2002. When a person vanishes without a trace, often the most critical information is hidden in their actions and words from the days before they vanished. Serena Carlin's last known whereabouts may hold the clues to what happened to her. She expected a romantic journey in the South Pacific with the love of her life.
0: They were just really happy to have found their soulmate.
1: But the enchantment ends when her boyfriend's estranged brother suddenly appears.
0: She would describe Miles as just not a very stable or nice guy.
1: The brothers have a troubled relationship.
3: The older brother was resentful of his little brother's success. He had a big chip on his shoulder.
1: For over eight weeks, nobody hears from the lovers. Then the estranged brother shows up back in the US.
6: Here's a man that has committed identity theft. And mind you, we still don't know if Brian and Serena, they're alive.
1: This is the mystery of how Serena Carlin and her boyfriend, Bison Daly, disappeared. 30 year old Serena Carlin is a deeply spiritual and self possessed woman from Berkeley, California.
0: Serena is just the most natural person. She was a goofball, she was loyal, she would never play any games or cause any trouble. She's just a loving individual who will always try to make you shine.
1: Trying to find her way in life, Serena works in a variety of careers. But wherever she goes, both her outer and inner beauty seem to captivate nearly everyone she meets.
5: Initially, it was her her physical beauty, you know, that attracted people. Beyond that, it had to do with her depth and her nature. She didn't have any ego about herself.
0: She was absolutely drop-dead gorgeous and did not know it.
1: Serena isn't preoccupied with her looks. She's focused on searching for something she considers especially hard to find, a true soulmate. In the weeks before Serena's disappearance, she is vacationing on a French Polynesian island with a man she cares for deeply, former pro basketball star 33-year-old Bison Daly, also known as Brian Williams. Years earlier, they met through friends.
0: She really liked him. She thought that he was different, interesting, you know, thought more along the lines of the way that she was thinking about the world.
1: Three years earlier, in 1999, Bison had walked away from a $36 million NBA contract and began traveling the world.
3: He was disappointed by the NBA. He felt like it was a machine, ground up the players, and eventually he felt like the Oregon Grinders monkey, he told me once. There was always a lot more to him than basketball.
1: After he retired from sports, Bison bought a catamaran in Australia, named it Hakuna Matata, Swahili for no worries, and sailed around the South Pacific. But he yearned for someone to share his adventures with. And after the September 11th attacks, he convinced Serena to leave her job in New York City and join him. They finally reunite on October 16th, 2001, on the South Pacific island of Vanuatu.
3: As corny as it sounds, it looked like his first meaningful relationship in 10 years.
1: They'd been attracted to one another for many years, but Serena had always been cautious about getting involved with him.
0: I think that she was really careful. Since he was an NBA player, and a lot of girls have tried to trap NBA players, she wanted to make sure if they had a relationship, it was based on the two of them, not who he was, not what he had.
1: During their South Pacific rendezvous, Serena and Bison seem like they're finally ready to take their relationship to the next level.
0: They were doing like the couple's thing together. I mean, this was something very new for her and she was loving it. Just loved having that connection with him and being close to somebody.
1: Friends can tell they aren't just on a vacation. They're embarking on a new life together.
3: I know he was in love because he would never have let me know that it was a special relationship if he hadn't already decided that it was going to mean something. It was going to go somewhere.
0: There was no doubt that she was already interested, in this trip confirmed that he was serious about her.
1: But Serena and Bison's newly kindled love is about to be tested. In late January of 2002, Bison's estranged older brother, Miles Debord, paid Serena and Bison a surprise visit in New Zealand. He had shown up completely out of the blue. When I was speaking with, with B,
6: he said, guess who just showed up? And I said, who? He said, Miles. And I said, you know what? And the expression on B's voice at
1: the time was, wow. The brothers hadn't seen or been in touch with each other for several years. In fact, the two were said to be at odds with each other throughout their adult lives.
3: The older brother was resentful of his little brother's success. He had a big chip on his shoulder.
1: Miles apparently told Bison he wanted to patch up their brotherhood and he started living with Serena and Bison on their catamaran. But Serena told family and friends that whenever the brothers were together, they argued constantly.
0: She was totally happy with Bison. She had no complaints about him at all, but she did
5: have complaints about his brother. She said that she had chosen to get off the boat, that it felt like they needed space to work things out and she didn't feel good. And then I think... A few days later, she told me that Bison had decided to get off the boat as well.
1: On May 29th, Miles sails their boat from New Zealand to French Polynesia without Serena and Bison on board.
3: I think that after spending a month with Miles, they wanted maybe some time away, a time away from the boat or from the brother or whatever. So they flew uh, to Tahiti rather than make the trip.
1: Almost a month later, on June 24th, Miles and the catamaran catch up with Serena and Bison, already on Moorea Island in French Polynesia. Next, the couple have plans to take the catamaran on to Hawaii. The
0: plan was that my son and I were going to meet her in Hawaii sometime in that summer. It was gonna be like our birthday present to my son and get to know Bison and, you know, kind of welcome him into our family.
1: Miles is supposed to leave the catamaran Although he's ambivalent, he says he has his own plans. A rendezvous in Tahiti with his girlfriend, Erica Weiss, who shared her story with NBC News, her face in shadow.
4: My question to him was, are you planning to go with them or what have you? And he said, well, yeah, I'll probably sail there with him and then just fly back to Marais and meet you.
1: As Serena and Bison are getting ready to cast off, Miles invites himself back onto the catamaran, once again injecting himself back into their lives.
0: I was in touch with her uh, the day before they were supposed to leave. That was the first time that she expressed, like, I just want this guy to go away. She would never, ever talk about somebody like that. Normally, she would just either leave the situation or find a way to like the person or something, but she felt just completely stuck with him.
1: July 6th. 2002, the Hakuna Matata sets sail out of Moorea Island, headed northwest for a stop on the island of Raiatea, a 20-hour sail. On board are Serena, Bison, Miles, and the ship's hired captain, Frenchman Bertrand Saldo. Moments earlier, Serena had called her friend.
0: She just left a message, we're leaving, I'm gonna send you an email with the satellite phone information, and I'll see you in Hawaii. You know, it's just, uh, don't worry if you don't hear from me for a while.
1: The next day, July 7th, around 8 p.m. South Pacific time, Serena makes another call to Bison's business manager, Kevin Porter, in
6: Michigan. Serena calls me, and I was able to talk to her for about three minutes. And she was just telling me how everything's going and just normal stuff, the weather, the boat, nothing special. And she says, wait a minute, B wants to talk to you, and then the connection drops.
1: Losing the satellite phone connection was common, so Porter wasn't surprised. But it would take another eight weeks for anyone to realize that Serena and Bison have disappeared. Serena Carlin is having the time of her life, sailing and relaxing in the South Pacific with her soulmate.
0: It was just her and him, and they really got a chance to connect. I was like, wow, she's met (laughs) her guy.
1: Her true love is Bison Daly, aka Brian Williams, a former pro basketball phenom. Their relationship was a long time in the making. Serena first met Bison through Friends in Los Angeles when he was playing for the LA Clippers in the mid-90s. One day, Bison's business manager, Kevin Porter, invited them both to a concert. The minute he laid eyes on her, it was
6: was all over. (laughs) (laughs) On the ride home, Serena just said out of the blue, you ever felt like you're in this big place with all these people and you're like the only one, you know, inside your brain that's just like lonely? And B said, exactly, I feel the same way. And when they had said that, I think that was kind of the, the binder.
1: Serena discussed Bison with her best friend, Stacy Steele.
0: She was just full of talk about this guy, but never thought the relationship would go anywhere. You know, he's a famous basketball player. So she didn't really take it seriously, but she just really kept having him on her mind. She was definitely
1: hooked. For over five years, the two of them kept in touch periodically, while Bison moved around the country playing for various teams, but he was becoming more and more disillusioned with basketball.
3: Brian's whole life was about consistency and integrity and never selling out. And basketball eventually seemed to be a continuous process of making him sell out.
1: Bison quit basketball in 1999 while playing for the Detroit Pistons.
3: He always had planned on just getting to the point he could put away, he said, $10 million, and then be done with it. It wasn't any surprise at all to me when he left. If anything, it was a bit of a surprise it had taken
1: him so long. Like Bison, Serena had her own brushes with fame and disillusionment. One night while living in LA, she went to a nightclub and met the musician Prince.
5: It was a friendship. He started inviting her to work at his concerts. She did go on tour with him to Europe, but then got to a place where she felt like there was too much unclarity about what she was doing and why she was there. So she decided to leave. She was really trying to
0: figure out what was gonna be her next move. What did she wanna do with herself?
1: Next, Serena tried her hand as a makeup artist on a movie set, but that didn't fulfill her either. So in 2001, she moved to New York City to work for a childhood friend's realty business. But the terrorist attacks on September 11th dealt a huge blow to Serena's business and to her psyche.
0: She was in New York, not far from the site of the attacks. And being somebody who is just really not accustomed to violence or any kind of negativity, I think that really shook her.
1: The attacks also shook Bison, halfway around the world, sailing in Australia he was apparently concerned about Serena and reached out to her.
5: He got in touch with her and she said, yes, no, I'm fine. And then she said, you know, the real estate market is completely dead right now. We've decided to get out of New York for a month or two. He said, well, come join me.
1: Finally, it seemed they were in sync, both ready to concentrate on a relationship together. On October 16th, 2001, Serena meets up with Bison in Vanuatu, a thousand miles off Australia's Great Barrier Reef. What was only supposed to be a two-week visit turns into four weeks.
0: They had such a great time together that she called and said, I'm gonna be here longer than I expected. We're just really enjoying ourselves, So, so she stayed.
1: It's evident, as it was when they first met, that Serena and Bison share a deep bond as well as a common need to move forward in their lives.
5: I think that she connected with the aspect of Bison that was trying to break free of the past, the dysfunctional aspect of his past, trying to break through in a way that really comes clean and clear. They were in that quest together.
1: While Bison's love for Serena blooms, he still struggled with past obligations to his family, according to friend Patrick Byrne.
3: All of his family were was coming to him for cash, but his brother was coming to him with all sorts of get-rich-quick ideas, and Brian lost money in one of them. His great fear was being surrounded by people who were gonna leech money out of him. He really wrestled with, what are my duties to
1: my family? After intermittently supporting Miles, Bison tried to help his brother establish independence by putting him through computer training. But Miles still asked for money,
3: To be honest, I thought his family was way out of line. Maybe a year at a time would pass without him having any contact with his family. Then they would get back in touch. They would start hitting him up for serious money.
1: In January 2002, when Miles first tracked Bison down in New Zealand, he was unemployed and broke, claiming he wanted to fix their relationship. Six months later, on July 6th, Miles is still around, sailing with Bison and Serena through the Polynesian Islands, on their way to Hawaii. On the seventh, Serena makes that final phone call to Bison's business manager, Kevin Porter, back in the US.
6: She said, oh, we're we're fine. We're hanging out. And she said, well, B wants to talk to you. There was just normal conversation kind of in the background, and the phone went dead. And I am said, well, he'll probably call tomorrow.
1: And that was the last time I heard from anyone. Back in California, Stacy expected to hear from Serena.
0: She usually called on my son's birthday, which was July 11th, and we didn't hear from her. You know, I was a little upset, but I thought, you know, I'll just wait.
1: Serena also fails to wish her mother, Gail, happy birthday on July 12th.
5: She didn't call that day, which was unlike Serena, but she had told me that she might very well be out of touch during that time.
1: As July turns into August, Gail becomes more concerned. She calls Kevin Porter, who assures her it was normal to not hear from Brian for months at a time.
5: I said, have you heard anything? And he was like, no, but you know, Bison's out of touch for months at a time. It's, not, it's nothing, it's nothing.
6: I wasn't even worried. And I said, they may be on some small island somewhere. I, I don't know. She said, well, you know, I'll give it a,
1: a few days.
0: Towards the middle of August, I was like, okay, We haven't heard from her, and that's a little strange.
1: Gail calls Kevin Porter again, this time sounding even more alarmed. She asks, is there
6: something else you can do or can check and everything? And I say, yes, I will.
5: I got off the phone here. I sat down on those steps where you are, and I started, I just burst into tears.
1: Spurred by Gail, Kevin calls Bison's banker, who reports that there's some suspicious activity on Bison's account. I said, well,
6: well, what's going on? She said, well, there was a check written out for $150,000 to uh, Certified Mint in Phoenix, Arizona. That's, that's when the alarms came off with me.
1: Porter calls Certified Mint, a gold dealer in Phoenix, and talks to its owner, Bill Haynes, about a $152,000 order for gold coins. Haynes told Porter how the deal was brokered.
7: I received a phone call from a man who asked me if uh, we could handle a large order and delivery of gold coins. And then he asked me, he said, do you follow basketball? He goes, but do you know who Brian Williams is?
1: And I said, yes. And he said it was Brian Williams and he wanted to buy some gold. According to Haynes, he received a check with Brian Williams' name on it, which cleared, but the merchandise hadn't been sent out. After hearing the story, Porter tells Haynes that something strange is going on and to hold off on sending the coins. And he said, I'm not gonna tell you that that check is not from Brian Williams, that you didn't speak to
7: Brian Williams, but Brian and his his girlfriend haven't been heard from for 10 weeks. And we would all like, there's a lot of us, I'd like to get in touch with him. There were red flags everywhere at that point.
1: Haynes gives Porter a phone number that appears on the check. It has a Florida area code. Porter calls the number, hoping to hear Bison's voice but what he's about to hear will come as a shock to everyone involved.
8: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit JDPower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or SleepNumber.com. Hey, it's Janice from Warner Brothers Discovery. Have you ever heard the expression, perfect is the enemy of good? I think about that a lot, especially when it comes to my body and health, because perfect does not exist. It's a total trap. Noom isn't into this perfection thing either. Its unique approach is tailored to each person's psychology and biology. From coaching to recipes, Noom's app provides personalized information to help you on your journey. No one else's journey. I also think it's great that Noom doesn't restrict what you can eat, and it doesn't shame you for treating yourself. And treat yourself you should. What's more, Noom's approach is grounded in science. They've even published more than 30 peer-reviewed scientific articles about how they work. To date, Noom has helped more than 5.2 million people lose weight by helping them build new habits for a healthier lifestyle. So why not give it a try? Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N O O M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold.
1: Serena Carlin and her boyfriend, Bison Daly, set sail in the South Pacific on July 6, 2002, with their captain, Bertrand Saldo, at the helm, and Bison's estranged older brother, Miles Debord tagging along.
0: They were going to go on this long trip that was going to be like six weeks, uh, sailing from Tahiti to Hawaii.
1: But after almost two months without any contact, by email or satellite phone, family and friends are getting worried. Serena's mother, Gail Olgren, is so upset she asks Bison's business manager, Kevin Porter, to do some detective work.
5: He said, have they been on their cell phone? Are there charges on the credit card? And he got back and he said, actually, no, except for this thing that is very strange. Here's this check signed, and he hasn't written a check in five years. So that's not looking right.
1: The $152,000 check was the one written to Certified Mint, the gold coin dealer in Phoenix, Arizona. When Porter calls one of the Florida phone numbers on the check, he makes a startling discovery. I got an answering machine, the
6: voicemail came on, and it said, yo, this is B, leave a message. When I heard that, my heart just sunk. It was Miles's voice.
1: Porter becomes alarmed, because he suspects Miles Debord is impersonating his boss and Miles' brother, Brian Williams, also known as Bison Daly. It just chilled me. I said, this low down son
6: of a bitch, because in my mind, he's like stealing from his brother. He's stealing money.
1: Shortly after hanging up, Porter gets a call back from Miles himself.
6: He said, hey KP, what's happening? What's going on? And I said, I'm trying to locate Brian and Serena And have you heard from him? And he says, no, I hadn't heard from him in four, four or five months. And I said, well, I really need to talk to Serena because her mom's really worried. I said, "Where, where was the last place they were? And he wasn't for sure about it. And then he hung up the phone.
1: Miles never asks how Porter found him. And likewise, Porter never says a word about the check. Instead, Porter calls back Phoenix coin dealer Bill Haynes to strategize about their next move. We actually uh, called the FBI,
7: uh, city of Phoenix, uh, police department, nobody would do anything, and finally one FBI agent said, file a missing persons report and you'll get some action.
1: Porter files a report in Detroit, and Serena Carlin's parents file a missing persons report in Denver. And then when we called the Phoenix police
7: department and said, There's a man writing a check claiming to be Brian Williams, and that's when the Phoenix Police Department showed up and started investigating.
1: Although the check is cleared, Haynes hasn't sent the gold coins. In a hurry to get the coins, Miles calls Haynes to arrange to pick them up in person. The police department
6: arranged to be here when this so-called Brian Williams was going to show up. And I said, good, Have have him come pick it up and make sure that whoever's
1: there to arrest his ass. September 5th, 4 p.m. 19 undercover and uniformed police officers wait at certified mint for the buyer to pick up the gold. He walked in and I asked, uh, are you Brian
7: Williams? And he said, yes, I said, are you still in a hurry? He goes, yes, I am. That was about the only words we spoke. And the moment he signed his second uh, signature,
1: one of the policemen in the back said, go. The buyer is arrested for forgery. It's not Brian Williams. It's his older brother, Miles Debord. Miles is carrying Bison's passport and his credit cards. He's taken to police headquarters for questioning, which is videotaped. Phoenix Police Sergeant Mary Roberts asks him about Serena and Bison.
4: Miles, are you responsible for their disappearance?
6: Of course you are. Do you
2: know? I know you know something. Do you know where
1: they, are, where they are? During five hours of questioning, Miles claims he's been sent by Brian to bring back the gold coins for a reason he can't reveal.
6: That's why, I mean, you
3: That's see that uh, I, I have a passport. Correct. That's why he gave it to me. He said, Joe, I want you to do this for well, me. If, if I anybody, anybody asks you, I'd be here. Give them the.
1: He says that Brian's business manager and friend, Kevin Porter, or KP, could explain to them why Brian couldn't pick up the gold coins himself.
2: KP would certainly vouch for what I'm telling you because KP, KP is
6: is, is the one who has, when you're an NBA star, you don't do anything for yourself.
8: Right, somebody takes care of everything. You have a chef, you have a
6: personal assistant, you have all these people who do all these things for you.
1: Porter, who's flown in from Detroit, is led into the interrogation room to help investigators get more information from Miles. The
6: first thing out of his mouth is, if you can get me out of here, I can tell you everything that's happening. I said, what do you mean? Where's Brian? Where's Serena? And he says, they're in trouble. I'm trying to get some money to go back to Tahiti to get them out of some trouble. I said, well, is it, is it mafia? Is it gang? Is it... Pirates? Are they alive? Yes, they were alive when
1: I left. I said, well, are they alive now? I don't know. It doesn't go well. After seven hours in police custody, Miles won't fill in any more details in his story. But incredibly, the district attorney orders that Miles be released. The DA
6: said to let him go. You don't have enough things to, to keep him on. This is what throws me for a loop. Here's a man that has committed identity theft and going to certified men to get $153,000 in golden eagle coins. He walked out of a police station scot-free. And mind you, we still don't know if Brian and Serena are breathing.
1: Anxious to get out of town, Miles heads to the airport. Porter follows him still trying to get more information. And we get there
6: and he's still not telling me. And I just went up to him and I start choking the out of him. At that point, I was ready to kill his ass. He said, come with me to Mexico. And I said, what? He says, because uh, California and Arizona, they carry the death penalty. Why the hell are you worried about the death penalty? I said, where's Brian and Serena?
1: Porter never gets an answer to his question. Then Miles catches a plane to San Jose, California. It will be the last time Kevin Porter sees Bison's brother. But soon, authorities are back on Miles' trail. Serena Carlin, her boyfriend, former pro basketball player Bison Daly, and their boat's captain, Bertrand Saldo, haven't been heard from for two months. Their last known whereabouts are the waters of the French Polynesian Islands on their 55 foot catamaran. The only person who might know where they are is Bison's older brother, Miles Debord. But in Phoenix, he refuses to share any information with Bison's friend and business manager, Kevin Porter. Or the police, and he catches a plane out of town. Later that same day, September 6th, 2002, Bison's friend Patrick Byrne shows up in Phoenix to meet with Kevin Porter and to help with the search for the couple. While they're talking, Kevin's phone rings. And it was Miles.
3: KP talking for a while and then. Put me on, I sat in the car for about 45 minutes talking to him. It was one of these conversations that sort of circled around the main point, and I knew if I drove for it, he was going to hang up. The position he was taking was still that Brian and Serena were okay, they were being held, and he had come back for ransom money.
1: Playing a cat and mouse game with Miles, Byrne hopes to keep tabs on him. Patrick just said, listen... I have my airplane here. I don't care how much money
6: that they need. I can go to any bank right now and take out an infinite amount of money to get Brian back.
3: I was not accusatory. I was actually trying to be warm to him and persuade him that I believed what he was saying, which wasn't easy because I already was 99.9% convinced that Miles had killed my friend,
1: his brother. Miles is reluctant, but he agrees to stay in touch, even though he's on the run. After landing in Palo Alto, Miles goes straight to his girlfriend Erica Weiss's place of work.
4: He told me, I just came to tell you I love you and goodbye. I'm in a lot of trouble. And he said, there's a missing person involved. He said it was Serena. Said it was an accident. I said, well, you know, you need to tell their family. They're probably frantic.
1: But Miles tells Weiss he won't contact Serena's family until he's gotten across the Mexican border. They set off, that same day, her driving him south to Tijuana. Throughout the trip, in fits and starts, Miles tells her his version of what happened to Serena and Bison. The following is Weese's recounting of what Miles said happened on the catamaran, July 7, 2002.
4: He said it was early in the morning, Bison woke up, came out on the deck area, and Miles said, yeah, I'm just enjoying my last day of sailing. And Bison said, don't say that, you know you're you're welcome back anytime you want. And Miles said, he just looked at him and said, don't lie to me, you know, you never wanted me to come here anyway.
1: Miles said an argument intensified into a brawl, and that the captain, Bertrand Saldo, tried to intervene, but Brian pushed him away. And Serena jumped onto Bison's back, and Bison, thinking it was Saldo, punched her in the face.
4: it sent her head first into a davit on the boat. After a few minutes, I guess, Miles just finally said to Bison, she's dead.
1: Miles claimed Saldo wanted to notify authorities, but Bison violently disagreed.
4: Bison supposedly picked up a wrench and struck Bertrand in the head two times, killed him.
1: Weiss says Miles then told her that Bison pleaded with him to help cover everything up. But instead, Miles went into the catamaran's cabin and returned to confront Bison with a gun.
4: And Miles said he was afraid of what he would do to him, so he pulled the gun out. He shot Bison once in the chest. Now Bison's dead.
1: Now, three people are dead on the Hakuna Matata. Miles tells his girlfriend he tied on weights and threw Serena, Bison, and Captain Saldo overboard.
4: I couldn't believe what I was hearing. I was in shock. It just felt like this isn't possible, this is a movie.
1: On September 8th, still stunned, Miles' girlfriend drops him off at the Tijuana border. Miles crosses into Mexico. The next day, September 9th, Weese reports what Miles told her to authorities in Northern California. Soon, the FBI is involved. Special Agent Elizabeth Castaneda, who works undercover, is the case agent.
9: We're contacted by the Sonoma County Sheriff's Office and they told us that a woman had come forward and advised that her boyfriend had made a, somewhat of a confession to her about an event that occurred in, in French Polynesia.
1: The FBI launches an international manhunt for Miles debord While Castaneda and a team fly to Tahiti to investigate Serena and Bison's disappearance. What they'll find doesn't match up with the story that Erica Weiss says Miles told her. French Polynesian papers are reporting Serena Carlin, her boyfriend Bison Daly, and their catamaran captain have been missing in the South Pacific for two months. But the FBI has learned that Bison's estranged brother claims they're dead and that it wasn't his fault. On September 13, 2002, an FBI evidence recovery team arrives in Tahiti. French Polynesian authorities have located Bison's missing catamaran
9: so we actually took our uh, forensic team down there to uh, process the boat. It was found uh, under an assumed name.
1: The Hakuna Matata has been mysteriously repainted and renamed Ariabella. While the FBI searches for evidence in French Polynesia, they continue their manhunt for Miles de Borde, who has crossed into Mexico. Bison's friend Patrick Byrne still talks to Miles regularly trying to lure him back to the United States. Miles has no idea Byrne is helping the FBI track him.
3: I said to him, Miles, you can believe me when I say I can come up with half a million dollars in a suitcase. And that's the hook I was trying to put out there. I had a suitcase that didn't have half a million dollars of cash. I had a a hammer and a roll of duct tape in it. (laughs) That doesn't sound too weird. But I was pretty angry and he had killed my best friend. The rough plan was to to get him back to the FBI office in San Diego.
1: After six days of dialogue, Byrne says Miles agreed to meet in Tijuana on September 11th. But Byrne isn't the only person Miles has been talking to. He's also in touch with his estranged mother, Patricia Phillips. According to her, they speak for the first time in two years. He tells her he loves her, and he wants reassurance that she loves him. She promises that she does love him. And according to Patrick Byrne, she also gives Miles a tip.
3: His mother told him, you know, Miles, Patrick is cooperating with the FBI. And then she told me that. And I said, Jesus, Patricia, why you shouldn't have said that? And she gave me the speech about, listen, nobody knows what happened on the boat. And people have to treat Miles as they would Brian. And we can't know who's at fault here.
1: On September 11th, Byrne crosses the border into Tijuana. He waits for Miles to call, as they planned, but...
3: Miles didn't call me when he was supposed to. I stayed in Tijuana for about two days, thinking that he'd be a relatively easy person to find in Tijuana. And I went up and down these hotels on the beach, I went to some bars.
1: Patrick never finds Miles. But on September 13th, Miles calls his mother once more... An answering machine records his final words to her.
6: I love you, Mom. I'm very sorry. I didn't do this. I swear to God, I didn't do this. Okay,
1: bye. The next day, September 14th, Miles is found unconscious and brought without ID to a Mexican emergency room.
9: I think he was mistaken for a a drunk American, and uh, the Red Cross was called.
1: Despite an FBI warrant for a 6-foot, 8-inch, 260-pound African-American, officials apparently failed to recognize Miles de A few hours later, he's driven to the border where U.S. authorities take him to Scripps Hospital in Chula Vista, California.
9: He laid in a coma for several days, and it wasn't until... Uh, he was fingerprinted that they determined actually who he was. He was non-responsive and doctors indicated that they did not believe he would wake up.
1: Doctors suspect Miles took an overdose of insulin. Given his irreversible condition, his parents agreed to remove him from life support. On September 27th, 2002, Miles Debord is pronounced dead, seemingly ending a saga that's taken the lives of four people
9: I just can't imagine what Brian and Miles' mother must have gone through and is going through now with the loss of both of her children.
1: Of course, the tragedy extends beyond the brothers.
9: And here's an innocent woman who just wanted to be with a person that she knew and loved. And um, she was an innocent victim as well as the boat captain who was a man that loved the sea and was willing to impart his expertise and allow somebody to to live their dream on the ocean.
1: What really did happen to Serena Carlin, Bison Daly, and Bertrand Saldo? No bodies are ever found in the Miles DeBoard investigation, so the FBI's only source of forensic evidence is the catamaran.
9: We were not able to corroborate forensically his story to his former girlfriend.
1: According to the FBI, Miles' story as recounted by Erica Weiss, can't be substantiated. He claimed that Bison killed Serena and Captain Saldo with blows to their heads.
9: You have a sustained a head wound, even if it's not life-threatening. Certainly there's an extraordinary amount of blood. There was no blood spatter, you know, in the uh, top of the deck. No evidence that the deck had been replaced. There was no evidence of, of anything close to the story told by Mr. DeBoard. Uh, the fact that three people are dead and have never returned, that's about the only part of Miles' story rings true.
1: But Miles' mother, Patricia Phillips, says there's no way her son was the only person involved with Serena, Bison, and Bertrand's deaths.
9: And she was certainly free to have her own opinion of, of the investigation and... Um, We tried to explain to her that we did not assume that Miles was the only individual involved, but we were never able to show anyone other than Miles um, had facilitated the crime.
1: In the end, what really happened on that catamaran in the bright blue waters of the South Pacific may never be known. But FBI Special Agent Castaneda has her own personal theory.
9: Miles was a very intelligent individual, He spoke fluent Russian, he was a computer wizard, Um, but in some form or fashion, he just never was able to reach the success that his brother had reached. And whether it's personal jealousy, um, he took his identity, he used his name, and it is our belief that he attempted to assume Brian Williams' life unsuccessfully.
1: On October 12th, Bison and Miles are memorialized in Los Angeles. 250 people, from basketball teammates to family and friends, gather to say goodbye.
3: I'm sure one, at some level, never gets over losing somebody like that. I I cannot express how much I miss him. And I'm sure she had to be extremely special for them to have that time together.
1: She, Serena Carlin, is also remembered on October 12th in Berkeley, California. Those closest to her may never get over her loss, especially her mother, Gail.
5: I live with an aspect of this that is an acceptance, and it lives absolutely side-by-side in parallel with the part of this that I don't accept it all, that makes me feel crazy. And I've had so many conversations since her death with people who've lost people close to them. Every person I've ever talked to has had some visitation that said, I'm still with you. Well, I've had more than the cursory one or two, but it doesn't buffer me from the grief assassin that comes to get me every now and then and just shuts me right down again.